the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Just watch the game. I wrote a book by that name, and the world might be a little bit better off if more people had taken my advice. Uh, Pittsburgh and the Steelers got a lot of publicity the last two days. Two videos have gone viral, both from the game Sunday night at Heinz Field. Yesterday, it was two Steelers fans wearing jerseys who got in a fight. Uh, That's what the video was of. Uh, This was from Sunday night, of course. They got in a fight and included a nasty headbutt. Today, another video surfaced. It's also uh, involving a drunken Steeler fan, and we'll have the details of that in a minute from the guy who broke the story and produced the video. But this isn't a Pittsburgh problem or a Steelers problem. It's drunken fans wearing game jerseys problem. You show up at an NFL game wearing the jersey of the visiting team, you should expect to stick out like a sore thumb, and you should expect to be harassed. If you were dealing with regular human beings, uh, you know, you might be expecting some good-natured harassment, but you're dealing with grown men wearing jerseys with players' names on the back, and they started tailgating and drinking five hours before kickoff, or I guess in the case of a night game, maybe eight hours before kickoff. So they think they're part of the team, and they think it's their duty to prevent people from cheering for the visitors. It's moronic, juvenile, uh, but it's everywhere. And, you know, um, I'm old enough to remember when you just went to the game. You cheered, you booed. You know, you just watched the game, no face paint, no jersey, and 99% of the people there were dressed as regular human beings. There were drunks, but they had to find the visiting fans on their own, which, you know, when they're drunk, it's kind of hard because the visiting fans weren't wearing jerseys, which are the same as now as, as targets on their back. Now, see, security was uh, apparently nowhere to be found during either incident, so If teams aren't going to protect fans wearing the visiting team's jersey, they should stop allowing visiting team's jerseys in the stands. So uh, the Steelers, you know, and and Pittsburgh, I I don't know if if, um, the the city of Pittsburgh should be embarrassed, but it is kind of embarrassing. Um, And the question is, where was security? And how does this happen when... um, there's supposed to be security in the stands that you have people getting in, getting into fights like this. And, and by the way, these are just the fights that were captured on video. And, and back in uh, 1990, there weren't any ho- uh, cell phone cameras. So nobody was taking pictures at games. So there, I don't know that there's any more now than there was back then, than there were back then, but... They are being recorded now, and everybody gets to see the stupidity. So if you go to a game, and you're wearing a jersey, and you see somebody in the other jersey, you know, don't do anything about it. Let them have fun at the game, just like you're having. And here's the f- funny thing. You can, you can watch the game. These, these guys are on the field beating the heck out of each other for three hours. They, they finish the game, and they got blood on them. They're, they're beat up. And the game's over for 10 seconds, and they're hugging each other and laughing and having a good time down on the field. And in the stands, there are people wearing the two, two jerseys of the two teams. They're beating each other up. And they, they, the, the players are down there hugging, and the fan, who has nothing to do with the outcome of the game, is up there deciding that he's going to take one for the team or deliver one for the team, or whatever it is, the stupidity that they're trying to get to. We will get the details on the embarrassing viral video number two when we come back. Don't be at a disadvantage when it comes to your Medicare coverage. The 2018 Donut Hole is closing fast. Open enrollment ends December 7th, and you have some important decisions to make today. This is John Stagerwald. Medicare is confusing. 
Todd Marley and the experts at Marley Financial know you have questions and they have the answers you're looking for. Before you lock in for another year, are you sure you're getting the best coverage possible? Visit MarleyFG.com and find out for yourself. Do you hold Pat for 2019? Has your Advantage plan changed terms on you? What premiums are going up next year and how much? Should you switch your Part D prescription plan or drop it all together? Don't go it alone. Let Marley Financial steer you to a comprehensive solution that lets you access any hospital or doctor you want. A plan that focuses not just on cost, but quality. With lower deductibles and co-pays that are little to none. Why get stuck paying thousands in out-of-pocket expenses? Visit MarleyFG.com today. That's MarleyFG.com. Truth is timeless. At the Original Mattress Factory, our business philosophy is based on honesty and truth, and it never changes. Simply stated, we treat our customers the way we want to be treated ourselves. This means we treat people with respect, we educate rather than manipulate, and we offer genuine value and substantial savings, not simply by saying it, but by proving it with cutaways of our mattresses compared side-by-side with the mainstream brands. Stop by one of our store locations or visit us at OriginalMattress.com to see the OMF difference for yourself. Here at the Original Mattress Factory, we'd like to know, is it better to give or receive? One lucky winner in each of our markets will get to make that choice for themselves this Christmas. In the spirit of the season, we will be giving away a queen-size orthopedic luxury firm mattress set for each winner to either give to a loved one or receive for themselves. Visit any of our stores by December 18th to enter and for all official rules. No purchase is necessary to win, but eligibility restrictions do apply. May your holiday be merry and bright, and you always sleep tight. Are you about to pay double for new windows, siding, or doors? If you haven't called Windows R Us, you just might. Many companies are overcharging area homes and businesses nearly double. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is more than a window company. They're the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofs, gutters, siding doors, and, of course, windows. Windows R Us will never overcharge. You'll love their no-pressure approach, straightforward pricing, and the fastest turnaround in the business. Right now, get zero interest for 12 months and up to $20,000 on new vinyl, fiberglass, or wood windows. With options like triple-pane glass and names like Pella, no hidden fees or surprises ever. Your no-loophole lifetime warranty covers everything, including glass breakage, at no additional cost. Mention AM1250 with your free estimate for an exclusive 10% off. Why pay double? Visit the area's premier exterior replacement company, windowsrspittsburgh.com. Everybody's doing it, and everybody's making money at it, except you. You're losing holiday business to your online competitors, and you don't know how to get in the game. Talk to us at Salem Surround, digital marketing experts who offer a free analysis of your digital marketing effectiveness, even if you have none, and suggest methods that could dramatically increase your sales coming out of this season. We can design and implement all of your online marketing under one roof, give you monthly reports on results, and instantly move your dollars to the most effective areas of your online advertising and sales. Social marketing, geofencing, web search enhancement, event targeting, and more. Now, there are no limitations on where you can reach customers with Salem Surround, increasing sales dramatically. Learn more by logging on to surroundpittsburgh.com. That's surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. This is the John Stackerwald Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. Well, the Steelers made the Drudge Report for the second day in a row. They made it yesterday for the headbutting incident. Today they're in there because, oh, there was a fight that uh, somebody caught on camera involving a woman possibly being choked. The woman happened to be wearing a San Diego Chargers jersey, and a fight ensued. And it involved drunk people at a Steeler game. Can you imagine that? Well, the guy who got the story and got it on the Drudge Report, Charlie Deitch of PittsburghCurrent.com, and he joins us now. Charlie, thanks for being here. My pleasure. So why don't you just uh, just tell me the story and how you came upon it? Well, uh, I had a photographer, uh, my visuals editor, Jake Nislivchik, was at a shooting the Steelers game, and um, there, were, there, were, there were, you know, there were a lot of, Incidences in the stands of fans, um, I guess, clashing. Um, so after the game, he went into work on his photos, and a colleague of his shooting for another outlet, um, uh, uh, Shelly Lipton, um, they were looking at her photos, and she happened to notice that she uh, caught the caught a picture of the man with his hand around the woman's throat. 
Um, Jake told me about it, and uh, we called Shelly because I knew that. Well, I knew I knew either way we were going to do a story, and I talked to Shelly about you know, um, you know, getting the picks and running the picks just like I would any any freelancer. Yeah. But not only that, Shelly was Shelly was really great in um, talking to me about what she saw because she was she was right there, and um, she didn't even notice that she had that shot until she started processing her photos. Wow. So um, so. This, and for people who haven't heard it yet, just tell me what the story was. I mean, what happened? Yeah, so uh, there were um, there were some uh, two San Diego. There were several a few San Diego Charger fans. Um, they were sitting in the first row, section one twenty four, on the end. Um, two in particular, a husband and wife. They tra- they're from San Diego. They travel, um, and they were apparently they were heckled and. And and yelling, um, people were yelling at them. And you know, he said, "Look, I'm in and out. Of, I'm out of, in and out of town park. I understand there's going to be some of that." Yeah. But there was one gentleman who, in particular, um, was was more than just you know not good more natured than just ribbing. That's correct. Yeah. And, and so he 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 knocked the guys. He knocked the Chargers fan hat off because um, he had he had a he has a um, he has a handmade a custom made. Charger suit with a Chargers fedora. Yeah. The guy knocked his knocked his hat off, um, knocked it. I think over the railing onto the field. And at that time, um, the the Charger fan tried to get security's attention, um, and he told them that he was worried for he and his wife, and that he would appreciate it if they kept an eye on um, on them. And but he says that you know no one really paid attention. And then uh, at the end of the game, when of course all that all that craziness was happening on the field um they stood up to cheer their team and um the gentleman who had knocked uh the chargers fan hat off earlier he tells them to sit down they said they're not sitting down they're cheering for their team it was their turn to cheer um and the 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 Steelers fan lunged at him um got into a started punching him from other from not just i mean the photographer's accounts uh, uh, the, the victims' accounts, and then a couple of other uh, witnesses who were in the section also corroborated that uh, uh, for me. And um, so from there, it just kind of escalated. He almost the, the Steeler fan nearly knocked the Charger fan over the railing, and that's when the Charger fan's wife got involved. Um, she stepped in between her husband and the man. She looks like from the photo, she grabbed him by the face. And then at that point, some point right after that, the man grabs her by the throat. And uh, we should throw this a, a, a little note in here that she happens to be 26 weeks pregnant. That is correct. That is correct. She is she is pregnant. That is correct. Yeah. And that's, and that's something we didn't know with the first story. Um, and actually, as the story came out, you know, you know, when a story breaks, people come out of nowhere. And right. that their Lyft driver... Um, remember when he read our story he remembered a couple in you know san diego charger fans or i'm sorry los angeles charger fans yeah who um the couple's from san diego um they he recalled them telling about this they were assaulted at the game and so he was told at that time they were pregnant so that's the first inkling i got that that she might have been pregnant and then of course the husband um, daniel he uh he 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 then he he later you know he later verified that and you have talked to the husband the Daniel. I have. In fact, Daniel reached out to me. Um, I probably got an email for him. I think they were they were on the. I think they were waiting to fly back. He someone had sent him a link to the story, and he reached out to me. Um, and he wrote uh, a very long email, eloquent email, basically saying that he'd never. He's traveled to many NFL stadiums, and he's never. He's been to Oakland. Oh, he was in Oakland two weeks ago, and he said, "I've never had an experience like I had in Pittsburgh." Hey, hey, um, I've been to yeah. Oakland. Charlie, <laughs> I know all about that stadium. Yeah, and so if the guy can wear his suit in in Oakland, but he can't wear it in Pittsburgh, that probably says something yeah. about. It. But 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 it's not just it's not just the gentleman. It's not just the man who attacked him. Who 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 Daniel says he was inebriated, you know, um, right. by halftime. Mm-hmm. Um, but just 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 the right, just the utter lack of you know nobody really caring or well, watching. I, I don't know, uh, um, you know, Charlie. Um, yeah. You, when you see a video like this, and you see a woman uh, yeah. possibly being roughed up by a guy, 
And what I, I mean, we see this all the time, and I don't expect you to know the answer to this, but right. when did people start thinking that getting the picture on the video on your phone was uh, enough? That you know, you know, while they're killing somebody, possibly, Correct. as long as you get a good picture of it, everything's okay. How about grabbing a guy and throwing him over the railing? Right, right. And I, right, and I will say, I will say, as far as the professional photographers, they were down on the field and they were. They were shooting, but there, you're right. There were a lot of people standing around, and that's. I wrote a column today, and that's what I sort of, you know, it's it's not just it's not just the the event of of the woman being grabbed around the throat, and and look, if you look at that photo, there seems to be pressure, and there seems to be a pretty good grip around her around her throat. Oh yeah. Um, and and so if you're, uh, it's not so that's horrific enough. Then add in the apathy of not again. Eventually, some people pull the guy off but we're talking about something that escalated you know um into number one when when the the guy was getting pummeled by 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 the steeler fan you know some people were yelling but nobody really stepped in the wife the pregnant wife stepped in in the middle to try and well see you you know know, you know what it is charlie it's uh the stupidity is is even worse than than it appears because First of all, the stupidity of adults wearing jerseys—I don't get. But that's a, that's for another. I, I, you know, I don't get that. But, I know that's a. I know that's a bugaboo of yours. Yeah, I don't get that at all. But but it's because when you see the San Diego Chargers person, because he's in some kind of a uniform, right. getting assaulted by a Steelers person, you think that your team is winning, and you're you're not going to break you're not going to break it up because yeah. the guys on your team. I'm serious about that. It may yeah. not, it may be like a subconscious thing, but it's, sure. you, you forget that you're watching somebody getting beat up, especially if it's a woman, and and because your guys, you know, he's wearing your jersey. Well, he's on my team, so I'm, you know, that's okay. He's winning. Uh, it's sick. Yeah, and that's what and that's what Shelley relayed to me is she said, you know, it all kind of happened so fast, and she said, you know, when she got back and saw that, she said, how did nobody, you know. People a lot closer than her. If that when that happened, how didn't somebody intervene? You know, okay. someone who was right there intervene. Right, and that brings up the other question I need to ask you yeah. because I called uh, Steve. I had this. I talked about this on the show yesterday about the headbutt guy. You've seen that video, I'm yeah, sure. I have. Yes, uh, I have. This is worse than that. But I, I was those. Those were two Steelers fans. Apparently, they were wearing right. Steeler jerseys. I think. Uh, Casey Hampton was one of them. <laughs> but anyway, um, <laughs> I. I I called Heinz Field Security yesterday, and I got passed around, and they told me they'd call me back, and they they didn't. So I had to call them, and then they said, well, I was told uh, that uh, you have to call Steelers Media Relations. Well, I contacted them, and I basically got a no comment from them. So today, I asked for Steelers for a comment, and... This is what I got, and I'm see. I want to see if you got the same thing from a Heinz. Now yeah. it's thrown back to Heinz Field. We strive to make events at Heinz Field safe for our guests. This type of behavior seen in the photo is unacceptable and something we do not condone on our property. We are working with Heinz Field security as well as local authorities to gather more information on this particular incident as the Pittsburgh police determines whether or not to press charges, and we will ensure those involved as the aggressors will not be permitted back into our stadium. So that's all I got. I don't know if you got anything better than that. So that's the statement that I got. Um, I, I talked to Steelers relations or public relations, media relations many times yesterday. I also talked to, I started, so just to put it in perspective, I really started working this story probably well before noon yesterday. This is, yesterday was our, was our print deadline day too. So it was, it was a, it was a, it was a crazy day to begin with. So it's before noon. I, it has to be before noon when I started working on this story. I called Pittsburgh Police, and I was given basically um, the update from the from the from the night the people who were monitoring these things overnight, which was you know there were oh there was just a few minor skirmishes as we always get, but there was you know there wasn't really you know there wasn't really anything that we haven't seen, and so and I said well look I've, I'm looking at a photo I'm looking at a photo of of a woman being choked by a man more than twice her size you know it's. I, are you investigating this? Have you? And so I basically got the will, you know, let me, let me, you know, we haven't heard anything. And then later when I, when I, um, I'm sorry, I'm doing more reporting and I'm hearing more what happened. I call back police. I don't, you know, I don't hear back. Um, and then finally today, after I guess more media started calling, I finally heard back and I was just told that this was under investigation. And now this is after, um, at some point I reported Daniel started calling, 
I believe he said at 6.30 a.m. Pacific time, so 9, 9.30 hour time, he started calling police to make a report. Um, he called city police. He called the Steelers. He reached out to the Steelers. He reached out to the district attorney's office. He reached out to the mayor's office. And city police, I think I heard said city police. And he didn't hear anything. Then guy, um, no calls back? No, call, no calls back at that point. Eventually, now, once... Um, other media outlets, I mean, once the story really went wide, he did receive a call back from a sergeant. He made a report. Um, that's the last he told me, probably, that's probably about an hour and a half ago, um, that, he, that he, he did make a report. He has a report number. Um, and, uh, you know, he's just, he's going from there. Um, so, you know, he didn't feel, so on the game day, he didn't feel like he was protected, that anybody no. really cared about so, what happened. But during the, he, he, during the yeah. incident, excuse me, uh, Charlie, but it, during the incident, yeah. he, there was no, security never showed up? Correct. That, no contact. So he tried to get field attention, field security's attention, uh, to, to no avail. And he says, to his knowledge, I'm, granted, he was in the middle of his issue, but to his knowledge, no concourse security ever showed up. No police officers ever showed. And I have to assume they didn't because... Um, Somebody gets arrested. The, right. The aggressor left the stadium. Um, the victims left the stadium. And, um, you know, the next day, you know, they got they got a car back to their hotel. And the next day, they're leaving Pittsburgh with, um, you know, some not-so-great memories. Um, well, so what, but but, what, what, at what point of the game was this happening? And they, I saw, it looks to me like they're down on the lower level of the stadium. Correct. Yeah, one twenty-four. Right down there. There. So they're in row one. I'm sorry, row A, seats one and two, section twenty. You know, one twenty-four. So they're right there on the field. Um, and this is within like the last. You know, this was during. I believe this was during the, the field goal um, and the offside uh, cavalcade that that we saw. Oh, so, so that so that was late final, in the game then, near the end of the game. Was, it was very. It was very late in the game when, and it seemed like again, as, as was explained to me, things got. More aggressive once, yeah, once right. the Steelers' fate looked like it so was. So the the fat like, like the fat Steelers. drunk in the uh, in the Steelers' jersey was a little bit annoyed because they had missed the field goal. And then the Steelers got called for offside, so that was a good time to attack. Right, and that's that's how that's how people have related to me. Yeah, so yeah. it you know it's just I don't you know I just don't get it. I mean it's 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 you know you go back to you know the issues the NFL has had you know and then you just go back to the fact that. You know, it just goes down to a human level of you know why why do we number one why do we do this to each other and number two why doesn't somebody step in you know so, yeah and, but and here's the thing um, if I know that people love coming to games they they spend a lot of money to come here to follow yeah. their team to Pittsburgh um, and I, I I know that they know when they come that they're going to get grief they yeah. they make the assumption that it's going to be good natured. But it's not, especially on a night right. game when they start tailgating at eight in the morning, and the, you know it's now right. midnight. They've been drinking for like twelve hours or more, um, and uh, you're just asking for trouble. And how about yeah. just showing up in the game like a dressed like a normal human being and watch the game? I wrote a book <laughs> called "Just Watch the Game." Right? Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, and so come on. So, uh, but what's going to happen here, Charlie? I mean, I, I can't. I, I, I get a feeling that nothing's going to happen to the guy who. Uh, the aggressor. Uh, yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see how. I mean, there's such a clear shot uh, of his face. Um, somebody at some point's gonna, you know, is gonna recognize him. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I, I really, I really don't know because now it's, you know, it, it's, it's becoming a bit of a. I mean, again, I, I don't say this to to downplay what happened, but aside from the assault and so forth, now it's become a PR nightmare for the city, and so. Yeah. I don't know how they're going to play, but they didn't seem to, you know, first thing this morning or even again yesterday morning when I started bringing this attention to officials, nobody seemed to want to, um, and I will, let, you know, let me say this, I will say this, that the Steelers, to me at least, the Steelers were very responsive and worked with me and asked, I asked them questions, they asked me questions and then, but the statement I got at the end of the day was the same one that, uh, yeah, same so, one that everybody else got. But, well, they're clamming know, up now because it's, it's going to be all done handled officially charlie yeah. I'm, I'm up against a hard break and i'm out of time so Absolutely. i appreciate you being on charlie deach pittsburgh current.com and uh, check the story out thanks man thank you okay we'll be right back With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. Stocks fell sharply on Wall Street Tuesday as traders worried that the U.S. and China made less progress than originally thought on diffusing their dispute over trade. 
The Dow Jones Industrial Average closed down almost 800 points today. White House Economic Advisor Larry Kudlow says there are challenges to reaching a broad deal with China. China has discussed these things with the U.S. many times down through the years, and the results have not been very good. So this time around, this time around, as I said, I'm hopeful we're covering more ground than ever. They are more cooperative than ever. The wave of selling erased the market's gains from a day earlier when stocks rallied after the U.S. and China agreed to a temporary truce in their trade dispute. Investors' confidence in that truce faltered Tuesday, contributing to renewed fears that the disagreement between the two economic powerhouses could slow the global economy. The Nasdaq was down by 284. This is SRN News. Pat Boone here again for Relief Factor, the company that's helping thousands of people, just like my wife Shirley and me, deal with all kinds of occasional aches and pains. For years, Shirley struggled with her neck and her shoulder pain kept her from sleeping through the night. A lot of people, just like Shirley, struggle with aches and pains due to aging or exercise. Why don't you order the three-week quick start? It's now only $19.95, and let's see if we can get you out of pain, too. Go to relieffactor.com. Transform your home just in time for the holidays and impress your guests with brand new made-to-order custom blinds from Blinds.com. Now, through December 5th, go to Blinds.com for incredible savings. Plus, take an additional 5% off with promo code SHUTTERS. It's never been easier to update your window treatments and impress everyone over the holidays. Go now and take an additional 5% off the already low prices at Blinds.com with promo code SHUTTERS. Rules and restrictions apply. Mike Gallagher explains how dangerous fake news is to our country. Now even residents of Mexico are calling it an invasion. The president is right to talk about fake news. And nobody is better at it than him. Nobody is more effective at it than him. And he is 100% correct that fake news is the enemy of the people. The Mike Gallagher Show, weekdays at 9, right before Dennis Prager at noon on AM 1250. The Answer. It's lively and quick, but it's not St. Nick. It's Colin McNichol at Large, a thrice-weekly look at the latest public policy pronouncements of elected and appointed officials in Greater Pittsburgh. Never is a weasel word employed in questioning proposed public policy prescriptions that, though possibly well-intentioned, only tend to hurt the very people and businesses those officials claim they will help. Read Colin McNichol at Large every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at AlleghenyInstitute.org. Don't be at a disadvantage when it comes to your Medicare coverage. The 2018 Donut Hole is closing fast. Open enrollment ends December 7th, and you have some important decisions to make today. This is John Stagerwald. Medicare is confusing. Todd Marley and the experts at Marley Financial know you have questions, and they have the answers you're looking for. Before you lock in for another year, are you sure you're getting the best coverage possible? Visit MarleyFG.com and find out for yourself. Do you hold Pat for 2019? Has your Advantage plan changed terms on you? What premiums going up next year and how much should you switch your part d prescription plan or drop it all together don't go it alone let marley financial steer you to a comprehensive solution that lets you access any hospital or doctor you want a plan that focuses not just on cost but quality with lower deductibles and co-pays that are little to none why get stuck paying thousands in out-of-pocket expenses visit marleyfg.com today that's marleyfg.com the economy is growing businesses are hiring and americans are feeling good about their future opportunities looking to upgrade your career am 1250 hosts an online virtual job fair 24 hours a day seven days a week every day of the year keyword virtual at the answer pgh.com to find our newest employment opportunities from the comfort of your computer or smartphone. Sponsored by Express Employment Professionals of Robinson Township. The virtual job fair at TheAnswerPGH.com. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. Looking at lots of traffic volume delays. Inbound Parkway West, it's heavy 79 all the way down to the Fort Pitt Tunnel. Just a lot of volume through there. And also outbound on the Parkway East, Bates Street to Edgewood Swissvale. Inbound Edgewood Swissvale to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel and 2nd Avenue to the Fort Pitt Bridge. Northbound 79, you're slow from the Parkway North up to Wexford. Outbound 65, it's slow from Eckerd Street up to the McKees Rocks Bridge. And watch out for an accident on 837 near 27th Street. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, The Answer, Weather. Of a good deal of clouds around tonight. There will be some flurries moving in very late tonight. We'll see a low down to 27. 
Cloudy and cold through the day tomorrow with a few snow showers around. Just quickly to some slick spots. High tomorrow, 32. Mainly cloudy tomorrow night, low 25. And then for Thursday, mostly cloudy. Some snow will arrive late in the day. A high of 34. That snow likely bringing a small accumulation through Thursday evening. I'm meteorologist Brian Thompson on AM 1250, The Answer. This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. On Valentine's Day, about two and a half months from now, it'll be the one-year anniversary of the shooting at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida. And there's still lots of angry parents down there who want to know why the school didn't see all the red flags that were put up by the kid who did the shooting and killed 17 kids. The South Florida Sun Sentinel has a story that has to have made the parents even more angry. Megan O'Matz was one of the reporters on that story. She joins us now. Megan, thanks for being here. My pleasure. So I got to tell you, the the headline of your story is uh, Hide, Deny, Spin, Threaten. How the school district tried to mask failures that led to the Parkland shooting. Those are some uh, pretty strong words there. Let's start with hide, if you don't mind. What did they hide or try to hide? I know that's not a one-sentence answer, but just let's start with that. Well, records, I mean, for, for, for many months, we've been trying to find out more about how they treated Nicholas Cruz over the years. He was a seriously disturbed student, and uh, we wanted to know more about what administrators knew about him, how they handled him, what they knew about threats he was making. And um, we have a very um, open public records law here in Florida, and despite that, the school district continually delayed our requests for records for um, emails between administrators and school officials for threat assessments for the records about Nicholas. And to do that, they relied on um, various laws and exemptions saying that they could not um, basically uh, violate his right to privacy. Uh, But that even extended to discussions among administrators and things about policy and procedures and even security matters. They would cite security exemptions under law. So it wasn't until a um, two of the grieving parents sued over public records and the Sun Sentinel moved to join that suit did the school district in recent weeks start pro- producing some, um, some correspondence for us. I, I want to get to the, uh, some of the stuff you found. It was pretty amazing, uh, some of the stuff the teachers said about them way back, talking about the shooter. Uh, so, but what is it they're denying? What are they? I mean, they're denying you... Um, access, but are are they denying facts that you found? Is that what you mean by denying? Well, they're also, uh, yes, denying, but also spinning their message and so on. We we think all of this is is about um, their promise of openness, basically, where they were promising the um, community here answers on what happened, how Nicholas uh, was able to uh, deteriorate so much, and, and we just we just weren't able to get that. Despite mm-hmm. their promises, um, they hired a consultant to look at this uh, his educational progress, and instead we got a um, highly sanitized report where every reference to him was blacked out, and um, we successfully unredacted it through a little maneuver of copy and pasting, and um, basically they threatened to jail us and uh, jail two of my colleagues over this. So uh, that was, you know, that was wow. ridiculous. <laughs> so I, I was going to get to threaten. So that's what the threats were in the headline, high, high deny, spin, threaten? Yes, yes, yes. I mean, that, the, those words that you have to read is a very lengthy article oh, to it's find very all the good ways too, that yeah. they were manipulating us and just basically not being up front with this community, which is really what we, we needed and wanted is answers to yeah. how this happened. In case I forget, Megan, it's, uh, it is the uh, South Florida Sun Sentinel. What's the, uh, what, what's the website where they can find this, the piece you guys did? SunSentinel.com. Sun-Sentinel.com is where it is. all one word, yes. SunSentinel.com. Okay. Now, the stuff that you found... Um, on what what some of the things that the shooter had said to teachers years ago um, should have marked him as a kid with deep problems and a dangerous person to have around as he got older. You know, it's one thing to have a a 10-year-old kid saying crazy things, but when he's 16, 17, 18 uh, and has access to things and, you know, can drive a car and all those things, it changes quite a bit. But they they had... Tell us about... 
some of the things that uh, he had said to teachers in his past. Yes, and I'll note that most everything that we've been able to uncover about Nicholas and his background came from leaks to the media. Um, we have, you know, people that have been able to help us with some of his records, but it was not because of the actual school district releasing records. So these kinds of things came to us, some of his educational records, and we saw that um, he was saying very disturbing things in middle school. I'm a bad kid. I want to kill. He'd say things like, I would rather be on the street killing animals and setting fires i mean these are not typical things that but teachers excuse me but uh, megan but mm-hmm. teachers reported this right i mean this yes, was yes, in yes. a yeah no teachers reported this and the, and in his educational file we also saw teachers saying things like he wanted to know what it sounded like when lincoln was shot and um, a mother actually went so far as to move her child out of a uh, classroom with him, saying he was a menace to society. Um, you, you have to understand, this, these are in middle school, and, and at that middle school, he did... Um, Administrators did transfer him to a special school for children with severe emotional and behavioral issues. But uh, after about a year there, he was allowed to move back to to move to to progress to Stoneman Douglas High School, which is a very large high school, very um, a very academically uh, progressive school, and he just. He failed there. He was not able to succeed there. And this school, this district, did know, should have known that he would not be able to succeed there based on his history. Well, um, I, I, I think I remember at the time of the shooting that there were kids who said when they heard there was a shooting, they knew exactly who, who it was going to be. They, they, they weren't surprised at all to hear who it was who did it. Yes, many children all, you know, they would say he would be a school shooter. And he he had a fascination with guns. He was always posting pictures of himself with guns online. He talked. He told many people that he wanted to shoot up a school or he was thinking of shooting people in a park or he was he continually made these kinds of comments. And and he wrote things online. I'm going to be a professional school shooter. So there were so many missed uh, cues for this person as being seriously disturbed it's um a tragedy in so many ways here so many failures well um um what is what exactly are they afraid of uh at this in the school district i mean they when the when it first happened as you report in your piece they were very um for or they were promising to be very forthcoming and transparent and all the stuff that you know government agencies say all the time but they've been none of that so what is it are they are they trying to protect people's jobs are they are they um what uh, pr- stop people from showing up with uh, torches and pitchforks what what is it that they're afraid of well, it, it is all of that. This is the sixth largest school system in the country. We have 270,000 kids. Um, so they have other children to educate. They can't just stop everything. They need to have public trust in, uh, in this system. So they're trying to move forward. I mean, they're saying the right things, but they're not doing them. I guess that's sort of the point of our story, too, is they're yeah. promising transparency and, and a, a full accounting, but yet they haven't even um, done an, their own investigation of their own personnel in this issue. They handed it to a security, uh, to a consultant who didn't name any names, and now they claim they're waiting for a state commission to do an investigation. I mean, if you're the head of a school system, you immediately would do your own investigation right and find right. out what your people did and so we've not had if that happened i think they did some interviews but they didn't have not come out with any kind of um discipline or accounting of their of most of their own people but anyway you said what are they protecting yes jobs careers reputations there's mm-hmm. also a, a concern for litigation all of these families are suing of the dead children and the wounded injured children children and staff that suffered trauma um, they're facing at least 80 lawsuits at the moment and that could that count could go up um, they have some kind of sovereign immunity cap here where they're claiming that the whole incident their liability is only I think three hundred thousand dollars um, but of course, that will all be litigated, and um, no district wants to go broke over um, a, a horrific event like this. They have to keep continuing uh, to educate children 
but they also have a budget of more than $4 billion, and there's a lot of contracts, a lot of um, uh, buying goods and services in this community. It's a um, the, the biggest employer in the area, and so they're, they need to have, uh, you know, faith and in pub integrity in this in this district and um so that's what they're they're protecting yeah. they, they also <laughs> i would say there are federal to be fair to them there are federal privacy laws um mm-hmm. governing children and they did not go into court to waive or ask that in this case nicholas's um past or his records be revealed they did not do that i think they could have instead they went the opposite way basically and um they sought to keep um security videos from us from the outside the school and um, though they did ask to have their consultants report released they um, basically handed the court an opportunity to say you know redact things about Nicholas right well you uh, and you did find records that you the story and we're talking to uh, Megan O'Matz of the South Florida Sun Sentinel Sun Sentinel a great piece on the Parkland shooting which seems like a long time ago but it wasn't that what is it only uh it's not that long ago last year it'll be a, a year in February yeah. Valentine's Day yeah know? that's right nine months so but you found records that prove that the uh according to your story that the primary goal of the consultant that they hired was not to find out what went wrong as much as it, and, and maybe to prevent it from happening again but their primary goal was to prepare a legal defense to to, to minimize their uh, trouble. Exactly. It's written right there in the contract. And the way this was um, issued is a little strange, too. The district didn't go and hire the consultant. They had an outside law firm that they con- they contract with, hire the consultant. Um, at first, they gave us um, trouble in even getting a copy of a contract, which is a public record. They're paying uh, the- these folks with tax dollars. And then they... Um, when we asked for a draft copy of the report, they said no, that wouldn't be available. And then they gave signals they weren't going to release the report at all. Um, and they eventually uh, went into court to try to get some kind of cover to release a redacted version. But, but yes, it's the preparation of this um, consultant report. It was uh, for legal defense, so they would know also what they were up against when they faced these families is um, it's a big district what what exactly uh, was in the records about Nicholas what did people do and not do well if, um, if I were if my son or daughter went to school there first of all if my son or daughter had been shot um, and either injured or killed um, I, I would be expecting people to be fired who were aware of what this kid was like and did nothing about it and uh, to the point where I wouldn't let these people sleep, and so I'm just wondering what how are they how are they surviving the wrath of the parents if this I don't know how long they've known the stuff that you have in your report that just came out a few days ago, but uh, how long have the parents been aware of all this, and what are they doing well, about? Well, we've been reporting on this event um, since. You know, obviously the day of it yeah. and continually um, writing more and more uh, things about Nicholas. So m- information has been coming out steadily from my paper and, and other media. And uh, yes, the parents are grieving. They're furious. They're angry. They're upset. It's um, emotions are still raw. There's um, a lot of pressure on the superintendent. Many people are calling for him to uh, resign, to step down, to be fired uh, by the school board. We did have an election where where parents, um, some of the grieving families, they ran for office or they um, supported other people. We had one mother of a dead child who won election to the school board. Um, so there, yes, there, there's certainly a lot of vocal opposition to um, the administration here anymore. Um, and they do want to see accountability. We had another story a few weeks ago about the lack of accountability that very few people have been disciplined in this um event for their action well i have to ask you i've got about a minute and a half left and i um you know when this first happened as it does in all shootings people want to focus on the guns and the nra and what does this story say about where that focus should have been from day one well, obviously, you know, the children um, at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas immediately went on a campaign to um, enact some stronger gun laws. They had a march on Washington, and they were very, um, very public about their demands right. for safer schools. But we, we in Florida, we have this red flag law now that if you are um, 
thought to be mentally unstable, the police can get an order from a judge to come and confiscate your guns temporarily. Um, and that would have, I think, helped a lot in this case had it um, been um, enacted when Nicholas was right. um, before before the shooting. So um, that is is when we call Florida the gunshine state. You know, it's mm-hmm. very pro-gun state. So right. for that to have passed was an, uh, quite an accomplishment, and um, I hope other states are looking at it as well. Well, Megan, I appreciate you uh, coming on and telling us about this. Great job on the, uh, on the story in the Sun Sentinel. Thank you very much. Thank you, John. I appreciate your taking the time to talk with me. Okay, thanks. And we'll be right back. It's the holiday sales event at Ford. It's a big deal. And we're busy making preparations to get you the best deals of the year. Because unlike Santa's presents, ours don't just magically appear. At Ford, ours are built in real factories. Where pickup trucks come with best-in-class towing and payload. Where SUVs are built with available features like terrain management and driver assist technologies. And where every bolt, stitch, and line of code is tested. And tested again. But you don't have to write Santa a letter to get these presents. Naughty or nice. Just come see your Ford dealer during our holiday sales event for our best offers of the year. Ford. Built for the holidays. Built Ford Proud. Best in class towing and payload when properly configured. Classes light duty pickups under 8,500 pounds GVWR based on Ford segmentation. If you could do something to protect your family with just 10 minutes effort, would you bother? If something should ever happen to you, that 10 minute effort could mean the difference between hardship and financial security for your loved ones. Life insurance is something most people don't like to think about. Too many people do nothing until it's too late. The reason? People expect it'll be a big hassle. Ethos changes all that. Ethos is modern life insurance for people who don't have the time for fine print, extra doctor's appointments, or hidden fees. Ethos is affordable. It only takes about 10 minutes to apply online, and you'll be taking the first step in ensuring your family has the help they need to maintain the life you're building for them, even if the unexpected happens. Ethos brings you choices that don't require an in-person meeting with an agent, and in most cases, there's no need for a doctor's appointment. Ethos, life insurance for the 21st century. Apply online in just 10 minutes. Get a free quote now at getethos.com. That's getethos.com. Getethos.com. The average person considers estate planning just for the wealthy. Attorney Michelle Conti, host of Conti's Law on estate planning for the everyday person. There's a lot that goes into it. People take more time picking out what car they're going to buy, where they're going to go to dinner, as opposed to what happens to my children. The state will dictate who gets what if you don't indicate who is to receive your stuff upon your passing. We want to make sure we plan appropriately so that they get the best of both worlds. They continue to receive the benefit and they get the inheritance. The other thing you have to think about is tax planning. We try to be proactive in the approach that we minimize any type of tax consequence when somebody dies, depending on the value of the estate. These taxes range anywhere from 45 to 40%. So we try Try to make sure that the beneficiary will receive as much as they legally are able to. Hear more on Conti's Law, Sunday morning at 8.30, here on The Answer. For immediate help, visit ContiLawPGH.com. The original Mattress Factory's mission is simple. We hand-build quality mattresses in our local factories. We sell those mattresses directly to our customers so we can eliminate the middleman, saving you hundreds of dollars compared to mainstream brands. While the other guys have their gimmicks, the original Mattress Factory has a straightforward approach and is committed to quality and doing what's best for our customers. It's what we've done for almost 30 years. Go to OriginalMattress.com to see the OMF difference for yourself. Great beds, no bull. That is the original Mattress Factory difference. Quality products plus factory direct prices equals great value. Mattresses that are designed with better materials. Mattresses that are hand-built in local factories. Mattresses that cost hundreds less than the mainstream mattress brands. Now, I know what you're thinking. This all sounds too good to be true, right? Well, it isn't. Stop by one of our factory locations or visit us at OriginalMattress.com to see the OMF difference for yourself. The Original Mattress Factory. Thoughtfully made. Honestly priced. The John Steigerwall Show. AM 1250. The Answer. Well, we usually uh, take time here to have some fun and make fun of something stupid in the news, but I got some bad news uh, just a little while ago. 
my friend Sam Nover died last night. Uh, he was only 77 years old. I say only because that's not that old these days. Um, and he died in his sleep last night. Uh, he was the uh, he was a sports guy at Channel 11. Um, if you have been in town for any length of time, you um, I don't think I have to tell you that. But he was uh, at Channel 11, came there in 1969. He was like a 28-year-old kid, hotshot, brash, uh, did commentaries, asked tough questions, um, ended up doing Steelers preseason games, Penguins games on uh, WIIC when they only televised like 15 games a year. Had that booming voice. He was the Sam was the epitome of a TV guy. Uh, carried a um, everybody used to laugh. He would open his briefcase and pull out a mirror because uh, he wanted to make sure he looked good on TV. And he always did look good on TV, impeccably dressed and all that stuff. They're basically, kind of the opposite of me. But we were competitors uh, when I was at KDK and also at Channel Four, and he was at Eleven. And but we became uh, friends. Uh, a lot of traveling together on riding on airplanes, uh, covering Pittsburgh sports teams on the road, um, and we had some a lot of good uh, f- good dinners with a lot of Pittsburgh media guys on Saturday nights on Steeler road trips, uh, and even to this day, I-, I think one of the guys who still travels with the team still still uses the name we used to use when we would call for reservations. Uh, we would arrive at the hotel, and I'm not going to say the guy's name, but he, he he's a, a well-known media guy here in Pittsburgh. We would go out to dinner together to the hotels uh, or to the restaurants near the hotel, and we would walk in. This guy would go up to the maitre d' or whoever at the restaurant. He'd say, reservations for Dr. Nover, and we always laughed about that because Sam would, you know, he was one of those guys that he would take advantage of stuff like that. Uh, but he, he left Channel 11 a couple of years uh, after uh, 19... Um, 80, he was supposed to be the uh, boxing commentator for NBC, and he got uh, screwed out of that because they uh, of the boycott. But then he went to work for NBC for a few years, came back to Channel 11. He worked there until about 2000, 2001. He retired. He did nothing but play golf for the last 16 or 17 years. Had a good retirement, I hope, and uh, condolences to his family and friends. A good guy. And a big name in Pittsburgh sports. A big, big name in Pittsburgh sports. Did the last interview with Roberto Clemente. He'll always be known for that. I'll know him always as a good guy who used to make me laugh a lot. Sam Nover, dead at 77. R.I.P. The John Steigerwall Show is a production of AM 1250, The Answer, and Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.